All right. Technical difficulties for a second. <clears throat> Excuse me, trying to get us on here, but um, here we are. We're back once again with another episode. Um, Eric, we've got a good show ahead. First things first, my name is Zach Alvaro, and welcome everybody to another episode of the Take Easy Sports Show, part of the Arizona Varsity Podcast Network. Mr. Eric Newman is my co-host as always, and he joins me right now. Eric, I actually saw you this past weekend, which was actually pretty fun. So with that being said, how has your week been? Because it had to be better now that you got to see me in person. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, I figured. Uh, did that. Um, got back into the flow of work and everything. Yep. Um, took a couple days off, but back back into it now. There's uh, NAU as a football game this weekend. Going to mm-hmm. be seeing Flagstaff High School. Um, so, you know, it, it, a couple days, but right back into the flow. Yeah. Um, you and I did a couple of fun things when you were here, other than just hung out, ate some good food. Um, you were just in town for kind of a visit, which was kind of cool. Um, it was very low key. So it was one of those things that, you know, he didn't really want a lot of people to know about. So anyone that's watching, AKA like anyone from Arizona varsity, there's a reason it was just, you know, low key. Um, but we did go to this one thing, Eric, that was called Bam Kazam. Is that what it is? Yep. Okay. It's like it, it's like an escape room, but like action based. Yeah. Like, I don't know how That's to describe it. That's kind of how you describe it. It's not a, yeah. it's not like any other place I've been. No, I've never been to a place like this. I mean, it was it was like one of those things where like what like games like you had to like the floor is lava type of deal like it was it was like you would think that it's like a like a kid's thing but in reality it it wasn't like some of the stuff was kind of difficult um kids would not be able to do most of the things that we had to do um it was fun though it was definitely a lot of fun um i had to climb on i had to basically climb up like a rock wall type of thing right yep um and then jump over this like plastic like mock ball of yarn i guess you can call it um and then what else do we have to do um there was one where you where you acted like you were robbing a building that's right and you had to not touch the floor but also not get spotted by this camera yeah yeah it was there was a lot of cool stuff i really it was pretty fun it was fun two hours was not enough though because when you get to one game where like you almost finish it you like want to keep going and then you don't get yep. to try the other games. Like, I think there was one I, that we didn't get to try. Um, at least my group or whatever, but, yeah. um, it was fun though. It was really fun. Um, so it was a good time. It was good to be able to see you obviously watch, we watch college football. Um, and yeah, it was a good time. So I'm glad you're able to come down. I won't see you now for how long? I don't know. It depends if you come to a flagstaff area oh, football right. game i think cody's going up there this weekend actually he's gonna be here he's he yeah. texted me earlier yeah so um i will not be there this weekend i am going at i think i'm going to the asu game i haven't gotten my credentials yet so we'll see i have to send an email um and then i want to say i'm covering the cardinal sunday but i might not be so again i need to make sure i got credentials for that so i should November probably get on that fifth and 19th are the Last two home games after um, after this weekend for any football, if that's something you're interested in. What time do they play? Are there times yet? 1 p.m. games. Okay. 
Because I, yeah, I would just have to leave from the station for the radio, but that's fine because it's up in North Scottsdale anyway. So yeah, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, you'd have to you'd have to book it up there pretty quick, but yeah, it's doable. Um, yeah, I'll check the schedule and we'll we'll get to that. But um, we went to Macayos, and I think so. We're we're kind of hitting the food segment a little bit early here. Um, we went to Macayos, and I don't even know what you got, but my burrito I got was fantastic. I got a burrito too. You did okay, so we both got burritos. Sweet. All right, well, tell you what, let's get into the things that people actually came here to listen to yep. us talk about. Um, last week I covered the Awatuki Bowl. Um, I covered it on Thursday. I did not do a game on Friday. Um, I gave myself the night off. Some people called me weak. Some coaches actually called me weak for that. Um. I actually offered said coach to pick me up because they were driving right by my house um, to take me on their bus to the game. But they said they couldn't do that. So um, that's on them. Um, But no, I covered the Tukey Bowl. It was soup. I mean, I don't know if you followed on Twitter at all, Eric, but it was it was such a fun, fun game. Um, You know, it was back and forth from the very get go. Uh, Mountain Point scored, Desert Vista answered. Mountain Point scored, Desert Vista answered. Mountain Point scored again, Desert Vista answered. And I remember turning to someone on the on the Mountain Point side because I stayed there first half and then moved over second half. And I said, the first defense to get a stop is going to win this game. And sure enough, right after that, Mountain Point defense gets a stop. The Pride go up by two scores. And they kind of ran away with it a little bit from there. Um, that one stop kind of motivated them in a way. but. The performance from so many players on that field, Eric, Thursday night. I mean, you had Jalen Rushing, who went over 100 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. You had Christian Clark, well over 100 yards. uh, Or no, I'm sorry, over 200 yards, total yards, passing, catching with, I believe, two touchdowns. Then you had Randall Parker, who had well over. He actually led the backfield um, for Mountain Point with, with a touchdown as well. And then Chris Arvizo had over 250, I believe, yards through the air. Matty Braun had over 100. On the other side, Braxton Thomas had over 300. And then uh, Rowan Martinez was his go-to wideout that night, um, who's been having one heck of a season, too. I mean, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, it was the most points scored in the Tukey Bowl game ever. Um, and it wasn't even close, I don't think, as far as the record goes. I think it was like a by at least three, two touchdowns, I think it was that it was broken. It was a lot of fun, man. Um, that was one of the most fun two key bowls that I remember, or I can remember maybe last year rivals it a little bit because of the overtime, um, victory by desert Vista. But I mean, still it was, it was a ton of fun. It was a ton yeah. of fun to be there. What was it like having it on a Thursday when it could kind of be the, a showcase game a little bit, you know, it was, it was different. Um, I don't know. Like it was, it was, it was fine. I mean, I don't think I wouldn't say there was like less people or anything like that. Um, you know, the Tukey Bowl people have always said that it's kind of like lost its luster and all this stuff, and like people they're trying to bring it back and trying to get fans back in there. Um, but you know, I mean, it, there was a good amount of people there on Thursday night, so I think this game is starting to kind of creep its way back in terms of how much it means to the fans. I mean, it, it means sure. a lot already, but in terms of them actually taking the effort to go to the game, um, the fans, I mean, both student sections were electric all night. 
Um, and it was it was a good atmosphere. I think I don't think the Thursday aspect kind of hurt it. I think, like you say, kind of it being that premier game of the night, it did help a little bit. There's a lot of media there, of course. Um, but at the same time, it's still not the battle for Arizona Avenue in terms of fan attendance. Yeah, I think relevancy and overall, like what it means to the community, I think it's around the same. Um, obviously it's going to be big for Awatuki, like it is big for Chandler. Um, so yeah, I think, I think fan wise, it's getting back maybe to where, you know, we see a lot of numbers, uh, definitely not standing room only yet though, which once it's that standing room only, that's when I think the rivalry is officially quote unquote back. That makes sense. Um, it's, it's fun to have that at that time especially because you know you yeah. had to miss some Chandler Hamilton games you mm-hmm. had to miss one or two other things because yep. it's always at the end of the season um flag versus coconino in my area is the last game of the season usually um and so it's kind of nice to have that rivalry and yep. uh, and not have it have to rival another different game in terms yeah. of yeah you know, and, time and the amount of people that can pay attention and everything. And and that's what I love to like on a more like selfish note is I can now hit both of those rivalry games. Um, I can even hit Mountain View Red Mountain coming up here pretty soon, I believe. Yeah. So um, but speaking of big games, Eric, there's uh, quite a few this week. That's exactly um, right. Let's start in Flagstaff, though. What do you got up there? So I will be at Flagstaff versus Washington. Um, Last year, the Eagles beat them 47 to zero in their first game of the season. Um, It was kind of a, uh, something that vaulted them to four in a row before they, Mm -hmm. their season collapsed a little bit, but they need this one. They're at one and three right now. Um, And one and four is too tough almost to get to climb out of in uh, in Arizona right now with the amount of teams, especially that are in 4A. Yeah. Um, it, it, there's 50-something teams. And especially if you think that no 4A teams are probably going to get taken for the open division. Yeah, exactly. So it's going to be one of those things where, like, you don't have those extra one or two spots opening up. Yeah, so you gotta, you've got to really play well. Six and mm-hmm. four with not a tremendous schedule in terms of difficulty might not be enough. No, um, probably won't be so, enough this year. Yeah, not in the 4A. Yeah, not in the 4A. It might be in, you know, maybe 5A, 6A, depending on how a few things shake out. But that's a big one. Last night was actually a rival game in volleyball between Flagstaff. That's right. I saw that. It was there. It was really fun. Um, First time the atmosphere had been like this. You know, the last year they had to wear masks throughout the whole season. Uh, The crowd did. Oh, okay. uh, At least that was a Flagstaff FUSD. Got it. Rules. Okay, so I was gonna say I didn't remember down here doing that. Yeah, that I don't sense. think it was there, but that was a Flagstaff area. Got it. Rule. Okay, um, and so all the people in the stands, you can cheer and everything, but there's only you know it's a little bit less loud, a little bit less energetic. Um, and this yeah. was really a full packed crowd for the first time in this rivalry in a few years. So it was it that's was cool. a lot of fun, and it was a close match that yeah, that's really cool. Ended up winning. That's really cool. Um. And, you know, I, I wanted to bring up very quickly, go back to the 5A and 6A record aspect. We're going to talk about that a little bit, um, you know, going forward. But uh, some of the bigger games on tap this weekend. Uh, do you all see Snowflake doing some damage? Yeah, Snowflake is. Yes. Look, there's been no drop off with Snowflake. Um, I know they lost that really close game to Cactus, but th- there's been no drop off for that Snowflake team 
coming from 3A to 4A this year. Um, that's still a title contender, in my opinion. I think they're one of the top two or three teams in the state right now. I agree. Uh, for 4A. I think that they are – I would be surprised if they aren't a quarterfinal, semifinal team yeah. at least. I think – and I really hate to put this like – you know, put this out there, make it sound like in a bad way, but like if Snowflake doesn't go to the semifinals, I think that can be like a quote-unquote disappointing season. Yeah, that would be a surprise, I think. Yeah, like I, I fully expect them to be in the semifinals this year. Um, again, for that matter. And maybe win a 4A title. Um, so – uh, big games on tap though. Uh, we'll start in six A, Eric. Um, the obvious one, Basha and Liberty. I mean, look, the star power, the the overall talent, just the the these two teams meeting on the field has been something that I've been looking forward to for a, basically since last year's open division quarterfinals when Liberty beat Basha. I am super, super excited for this game. I really am. Um, your thoughts, just initial thoughts, seeing Liberty and Basha both, what, 5-0? and I believe Basha's 5-0. and They haven't had a bye week yet. Both 5-0, and top two, top three teams in the state. What are your expectations for that matchup on Friday? It's going to be fun. Um, you know, they, they did obviously play in the playoffs last year, but they're also two teams that have even more familiarity with each, with each other than that. For the last few years, they've played scrimmages against each other. Um, mm -hmm. That's true. And, that is true. you know, la a couple of years ago, two, three years ago, they did a few in a row. Um, and so it's not as if, even though they're on opposite sides of town, they're not teams that are, you know, uh, unfamiliar. So it's going to be a fun one. Um, in terms of the record, I there aren't that many, if any, other undefeated duos um, playing this weekend. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to uh, it's going to matter a lot. Yeah, I, we got a comment from Ralph Ams, and I feel like the game matters more to Liberty. And I could see that. You know, yeah. there have been um, some uh, some doubters about you know, West side versus East side. And this is a chance to play against an East side power uh, and show that they really belong there. Whereas not only that, that I, not I only that. that. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. My bad. We, we did that like twice in a row. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I'll let you finish. Um, I think Basha, obviously it matters to them. They want to play as well as possible, yeah. but I think that they, you know, they've got other rivals in terms of Chandler and Hamilton yeah. and, and some of the other great East Valley teams that they're going to have to play the rest of the year. You know, I, I agree with Ralph, um, and I here's my reasoning why. Liberty has proven themselves time and time again for the last couple of years. 2019, everyone doubted them against Red Mountain. They won the game. Um, you know what? 20 Was it 2020 and, 20, and 2021? They played Chandler super close in the regular season and in the semifinals for the Open Division. Everyone doubted them then almost won all i think three of those matchups the total times that they played each other i could be wrong on that um last week against saguaro everyone said oh you know what saguaro is going to find their offense they're going to do this they're going to do that liberty still maybe not for real what does liberty do they go out there and honestly that game i don't think it was as close as the score showed um liberty missed a couple pats and christina it was not your son's fault tell the holder to get his act together um I was watching the game from home. Um, 
and yeah, she just said, I hope for uh, a great game and a safe game. Go Liberty. So, you know, Liberty, even now, you know, last week it was, oh, so Warhol's going to beat Liberty. This week it's, well, look at Basher. They're one of the top two teams in the States. Them and Chandler. Look at the talent. Look at all this. Look at all that. I think Liberty sees that and they're kind of like, okay, we have to prove ourselves again. And Liberty, I think, has to prove themselves later on in the season, too, because I'm sure there's going to be a matchup where people are going to start saying, oh, well, Liberty's going to slip up here and there. Like, it's going to happen again. But this Lions team is for real. Three years, never missed a PAT. Wow. Yeah, see? Not not his fault. Um, th- this Liberty team is different. And I don't mean, and I'm, I'm not saying that just to, like, do our usual, like, mocking of the sayings or whatever, like, this team is very, very, very good. And they're not getting they, it out of the mud. They're not getting out of the mud. They're way out the mud. They're already in the shower That's from good. the mud. Um, Shampooing and everything. Look, th- this game, I'm not going to make a prediction for this game. I can't because um, I don't know. But it, this game is going to be the game of the night, which is crazy to think because right down the street, Chandler is hosting an undefeated Castile team. Yeah, that's that was the one after I said that there aren't too many undefeated yeah. matchups. This is one of them. Exactly. But this Bash of Liberty game, this like I said, the star power is on display. The the talent from both teams. I mean, you have it, you have two teams that are probably two of the most complete teams in the state. And I really think the only other quote unquote fully complete team in the state other than these two right now is Chandler. So you have basically an open division championship preview or at least a semifinal preview, in my opinion, on Friday night between Bash and Liberty. I'm with you. Uh, let's see what Ralph. Oh, long snapper is supposed to be going somewhere. Uh, Bruzon versus DeMond will go a long way to prove we should start talking about them on the same level for recruiting. Purpose. Exactly. And that's the thing too. Obviously everyone knows about DeMond, but Navi, I mean, same level as as Demond, maybe not in terms of overall. I mean, and that's the, I guess the point that Ralph was just making right now. But that kid is good. He can play. He's the 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 tight window throws that he had last week. I was sitting on my couch watching the game, and my jaw kept dropping with every pass that he made. Because it was tight windows. It was the type of throws that, you know, how the cliche goes, throw it to where only your receiver can get it. That's exactly what that touchdown was in the fourth quarter when he escaped pressure on fourth down. It was it was a great, great performance from him. And honestly, he's been doing that all year. And he even did it last year, too. So, like, it's not like we should really be surprised by this. And that's the thing. We really shouldn't be surprised by this Liberty team. But, like, every time I see them play, whether it be highlights or the amount of points they put up or last week how they play against a really really good saguaro team in sabercat territory they just keep surprising me so i don't i have no idea what to expect friday night other than it being a very very good football game and i'm I'm very excited and there's gonna be a ton of people there i know our entire az preps morning radio show crew is gonna be there like myself brett and jose are all gonna be at that game it's hard i mean in terms of Playoff implications and everything, it's hard to beat that. Yeah. Now, like I said, Chandler Castile, two undefeated teams. Castile might be the surprise of 6A so far this year. 5-0. Um, what Landon Jury has been doing 
at quarterback has been phenomenal. He is playing on a different level this year. Just like he came out the mud, Eric. He came out the mud. Um, Maybe. No, but no, in all seriousness, I mean, him. And then you add JJ into the mix, obviously. Then you had add everybody else into the mix that they have over there. I mean, that's a really good team, too. And that's a team where even if. Like, like last year, Highland was obviously like. Highland was very good last year. They lost to the top three teams. But last year, you also had a 4A team in Cactus dominating at every level that they played. That's why you had a 4A team come out. The yeah. This year, though, a three-loss Castile team, even, let's say, theoretically, if they lose to Chandler, Basha, Hamilton, the top three in Premier Region right now, or at least like the top heavyweights, quote-unquote, yeah. um, I really think Castile is still worthy of getting in with the schedule. It hasn't been as tough as others, but I do think they would get in. And that give, that leads me to, let me see, Liberty has 50 strong going. And yeah, literally, I think I said it in a tweet. Um, I said that basically that exact same thing. Uh, Zach is with that team, that Liberty team this year. Like you can tell they scored 50, what, two games this year? And they stopped 50 to zero, something like that. Yeah. Maybe three. Um but yeah, like the, that Liberty team is good. Uh, going back to Castile, you know that this is a team where I think even with three losses, they can get into the in the open division, and that again leads me to Saguaro because people are already you know I had to ask I had to answer the question on audibles for Brad Sesmet this week. When is Saguaro at risk of not being in the open division? I'm going to ask you, Eric. They probably have to win out. Yeah. They're at risk right now. They are. I agree. They have Desert Edge this week. Um, I think they still have a trip to Highland, if I'm not mistaken. Um, which obviously Highland's offense has struggled a lot, but the defense has still been very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can't so that's go not going to be an easy one. Expect to be in the open. No, I agree with you. Uh, so Warl loses one more, and then they are. I mean, I would put them at the top of six A though. Oh yeah. Their schedule. I think. Um, I want to say Richard Ober tweeted it out. Um, Cal Preps, I think, was the the website he was looking at. But Saguaro's strength of schedule for the first five games this season was like one of the top in the country. So, like, I don't know. Yeah, it's not surprising. I don't know how much Bergen Catholic is going to factor into like open rankings, but like, you can't take Saguaro out right now. No, you can't. Like, Saguaro is still in my top eight. Which I yeah, think I want to challenge think... you later on to go with your top eight, by the way. So fair enough. Yeah. Um, but what were you going to say? I think, I think that they really, they've got a tough schedule. Um, they don't have to play Chandler again, luckily for them. Um, but Desert Edge, Highland, Chaparral, Pinnacle, and Brophy, uh, three of those on the road. It's tough. It is not an easy schedule by any It's really tough. Really tough. Um, yeah. I mean, but Saguaro. Saguaro's not been the same Saguaro that we're used to seeing, obviously. But I really think part of it is just they're trying to still get things going a little bit on yep. offense. And that's kind of been the struggle. I think the defense has been on the field too much. Um, yeah. And obviously, again, with a team like Bergen Catholic coming in, when you have a six foot four, six foot five, 320 pounder lined up across from you and you're a relatively young offensive line, like, <laughs> yeah, good luck. 
Yeah, how many people are going to block that? Um, and then obviously Chandler. I mean, Chandler just put it on him in the second half. That's all it was. And it was mistakes by Saguaro that kind of got that momentum going for Chandler. Yeah. No, I still or, believe in this team yeah. to be an open I do too. group. It did, mm-hmm. They just have to – they're in dire need of a few wins in a row right now. Yeah. They can't lose the Desert Edge. They can't lose the Highland. Those are the top two remaining teams on the schedule. Losses to either of those, and they can basically go plan on playing a 6A conference playoff schedule. Yep. So – um, you already said you're going to Flagstaff. I'm also going to Trevor Brown Westwood. That's going to be a good game. Trevor Brown, I believe, is still undefeated. So, um, the job that everyone's doing over there with that program, I mean, they were they were good last year too, um, in terms of how their record or yeah, how their schedule shaped out, how they were record wise. Um, exciting times in Phoenix Union, for sure, especially after everything that happened in 2020. Some of these teams Absolutely. are really it kind seems of like they're you know, finally getting back to you know real contention. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, maybe not necessarily like championship contention, but they're on the right path at least. Right. Um, the more they win games, the less kids are going to want to go up to other schools, as that Sports Illustrated article suggested. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, other games on the docket. Let's see. I think I think one worth mentioning. It's a five A game, except Maryville. Um, yeah. But. I think that the I think Desert Mountain versus Notre Dame yes. Prep is a legitimately huge matchup. Yes. Um, I think that whoever wins that game has a has a legitimate shot at being an open team. Hundred um, percent. If Desert those are the two teams yeah. that are most difficult on both of their schedules uh, by record the rest of the year. If Desert Mountain wins that game, they are going ten and zero. In my personal opinion, they're going ten and zero. Um, that team it's is a very real possibility. And look, like I, it's funny because I said the same thing in my class at ASU on Tuesday. One of my students asked me, he's like, "Are are you just saying that because they're undefeated?" I said, "Partly yes, but at the same time, I've seen this team. They are legitimately an open division team. They have that much talent. Um, now they don't have the depth that other teams do." which might hurt them when they face a 6A program like Chandler, like Basha, like Liberty. Um, but, yeah, this this Desert Mountain team is very, very talented. It's balanced and it's talented. Yes. And Notre Dame is the last hurdle, in my opinion. And I know there's four more games after that, and I'm sorry to those four other teams, but Desert Mountain should win those games. The only toss-up is Notre Dame prep. That's and the even thing. Then, I think in a similar way, Notre Dame prep has only lost to Chandler. Um, and yeah. if they are able to win against Desert Mountain, they should win the rest of their games. So yeah. whoever wins this has a chance of being – I mean, there's a chance there's two nine-in-one teams in this yeah. division. Let's talk about Desert Edge since we brought up 5A teams. Does a loss to Saguaro tomorrow eliminate the, the, the Scorpions from contention? They already lost to Highland. Uh, I think yes and no. Okay. Um, yes, in the sense that they would they would have to have more than just winning out, I think, to make the Open. Got it. Because they're a 5A team. You know, there's a chance that if they were, if they did lose this game and it was close um, and they were able to run the table the rest of the four and, you know, win big, 
then maybe they've got it. Okay. But I think it would take a couple other teams that might be right on that bubble falling out rather than them controlling their own destiny. If they were to win out from here, if they if they win at Saguaro and win the next five games, including that one on their schedule, I think they're an open squad, and I don't think it's that close. But yeah, I think eight and two, you, you have to start questioning it. What about Higley? That's a I think Higley, if they can go 10 and 0, it's hard to it's hard to argue that anybody 10 and 0 in the 5A shouldn't make it. But yeah, they really haven't been tested yet. They've you know, yeah. they won against Post and Butte in the first game of the season. And a since good then uh, yeah, Post and Butte's a good team, but since then they haven't, you know, they really haven't been challenged. They've won every game by 18 or more and just, you know, kind of dominated. So they've yeah. got some tough teams. They've got to play Horizon, which yeah. despite its record is not a slouch. No. Um, I don't know anything about Northridge, Utah. Maybe All I know is up. it's probably going to be really cold. Yeah. Um, yeah. They've got to play Williamsfield. They've got to play ALA Queen Creek. Uh, and Mesquite and Campo Verde are both teams that – they should on paper be able to beat, but uh, yeah. aren't easy wins by any stretch. AOA Queen Creek was my next one. Only loss right now is to Queen Creek. They still have Mesquite, Campo. Mesquite's next week, so they're on a bye this week. Mesquite, Campo, Higley, Casagrande, Horizon. Mesquite yeah. and Casagrande, I see them winning relatively easily. Campo always plays tough. Higley's good. And then, like you said, Horizon, you can never doubt the Huskies, especially coming off of a 5A championship. LA yeah, Queen Creek could very well find themselves at 9-1 and one back in the open division again. And honestly, I was out there yesterday talking to Ryan Mesa. I'm going to have a story on him coming up soon here. He wants the open division. He wants another shot to prove himself. Um, and that's a, that's a good team over there, too. That's yeah. really the defense is really, really good. In a in a similar way to Desert Edge, it would be best for ALA Queen Creek if their one opponent that they did lose to has a great rest of the year, because that's yeah. gonna be one that uh increases their strength of schedule metric. Exactly. Um, so Queen Creek has uh, Queen Creek was in the open last year. They're three and two, but their two losses have been to Saguaro and Pinnacle, which are not horrible losses by any stretch. Yeah. If that pinnacle team is out, so hard to gauge, though. That's I don't exactly know. right. Um, <laughs> but yeah. if if Queen Creek wins their next five and they end up eight and two, um, even seven and three, that's good for the strength of schedule of ALA Queen Creek. So yeah. um, th- that helps them. Similarly, if Highland does really well and goes nine and one or eight and two or whatever, um, Desert Edge is helped out by that. And so that's kind of what I mean with some of the help that these teams might need. Yeah. Um, I want to do a quick Richard Stallworth record watch. He is 1,024 away from having the new state record for passing yards. So like two games? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, uh, Yuma Catholic has Verado tomorrow. Or sorry, Friday, uh, Buckeye, Glendale, Northwest, Peoria, and St. Mary's. So he has what six games left? A thousand? What's a thousand divided by six? I'm really bad at math. It's like 160 ish. 
Okay, so he's gonna he's gonna break the record. He's gonna break the record. Yeah. Yeah. How soon? I give him what did you say it was a thousand basically? A thousand twenty-four. So he's got Verado next. No, I'm sorry. Verado's tomorrow, Friday. Sorry, I'm getting mixed up now. They had a bye week last week. That's why I got mixed up or earlier in the season. Verado is next week. No, Friday. <laughs> Buckeyes next week. And then Glendale after that. I say three games. Those three games, he gets it. Yeah, I think uh, it's very realistic. He can go 300 a game-ish. You know, three. Basically, if you get 340, you're there. Which I think he's been passing for like 400 a game. Yeah, so. I think also that Stallworth is not the Arizona Aaron Judge because I'm not actively rooting against Stallworth. I was so tired of but seeing we're Aaron all, Judge. But we're all watching his record. We're all waiting for it. I get it. I just, I was so tired of Aaron Judge by the end. It's a fake record. It's not, Barry Bonds hit 11 more home runs than he did. Um, steroids are not. I could take a bunch of steroids and not hit 73 home runs. Um, I think there were, he was competing against other people who were also doing steroids. Like, so what? It's a fake record to, to put this thing up and tired of seeing Roger Maris's family um, as if they don't have anything else to do, but sit in the stands and watch their dad's record get broken. Um, it's silly. I was so tired of Aaron judge. If he was if he was a member of the Diamondbacks, there'd be media here caring, but no one would care if it wasn't the Yankees. And also, Aaron Judge is the most boring player. He's so boring. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't do anything. He just goes up there and looks like a lineman and hits home runs. Just tired of him. It's dumb. Who cares? <laughs> it's a fake record. He beat a record that didn't matter. It's like... Oh, now you're like eighth on the Hall time home run record. Let's celebrate that because there's nothing else to celebrate in baseball right now. That's my thought. So Stallworth, I get the analogy, but I actually want Stallworth to do well. And I don't have bad feelings toward him. <laughs> so how do you feel when people say all rise? For I think Aaron it's Judge? Short, at least clever. Okay. Let me ask you this, because I feel like I'm just going to get you going a little bit more here. Uh, who is worse, Aaron Judge and this home run record or Sister Jean? I. <laughs> what is Little Big League? I don't know what that is. Uh... Okay. While you, I'll, I'll look it up for you because I feel like it's an insult. So I, that's why I was laughing. I mean, it probably um, is, and I probably deserve it. I just don't know what. Oh, it's a, it's a, it's the. Uh, oh, it's the the movie about the kid who breaks his elbow and then he gets surgery and then every time he throws the ball, it like has like that mechanic no, sound in it. Is, isn't that Major League? I don't know. It says Little Big League is. Oh, maybe. No, that's yeah. He played on the Twins. That's Little Big League. Oh, there's also rookie of the year. Rookie of the year, yeah, that's the one that he does it with the Cubs. So, how great is that? That there's two oh, surgically maybe, repaired fake arms. Oh, maybe I'm thinking. Yeah, no, I was thinking of rookie of the year. Okay, yeah, that's right. Okay, I don't know little big leagues. Like I've seen it, I just can't remember. No, I don't have a problem with Aaron Judge himself. I have a problem with everybody thinking yeah. this is some huge deal he Th doesn't that's what I'm say saying. anything or do anything that's what he's i'm saying just, so what he's just playing 
So what's worse? The Steve record being by far. Okay. At least Aaron Judge is actually playing the sport. Sister Jean can't even throw a baseball five feet. She's 103. Yeah, and she's about 108 feet away from the plate with every first pitch she throws. It's awful. Oh, Aaron. Aaron Judge just goes up and plays baseball. He's great. The fact that this is a story is not great. It's boring. You beat the American League record set by a guy who's not even alive anymore. It happened so long ago. Oh, that's right. Little Big League is about the Twins owner dying and leaving the team to his 12-year-old grandson. I remember that now. Great. I'm Do you happy. like that movie? I've never seen it. Oh, okay. Well, but I, I'm sure I would like it. Okay. Um. <laughs> oh, yeah. He says you'll like it because you're a Minnesota fan. That's why. Probably. Or you're from Minnesota, I mean. So. Yeah. Um. Okay. Eric, very quickly, your top eight right now. If the Open Division started tomorrow, who would be in? Um, Chandler. No specific order. Okay, fine. Chandler. Okay. Basha. Hamilton. Saguaro. Um, Highland. Desert Mountain. Higley. And... I don't know. Um, did I miss an obvious one? Yes. Who plays Bachelor tomorrow or Friday? Oh, Liberty. Did I not yeah. say that? No, you didn't say Liberty. Oh, well, I thought I did. So that's my eight. <laughs> okay. Um, and it'll change in a couple days. Yeah, probably. Mine are pretty on par with you. Although I'm going to go Chandler. Yeah, no specific order. Chandler, Basha, Hamilton, Liberty. Saguaro, Desert Mountain, Castile, and then I have a I have an or. I have Desert Edge or Centennial. Fair enough for my eight. Because Centennial is one of those teams that no one's really talking about, but they are quietly yeah. four and one with an only loss to Hamilton, who is also four and one and only lost to a nationally ranked Bishop Gorman team. Yeah, I know people are saying, oh, Hamilton's not the same, blah, blah, blah. Rock got hurt, and they were missing two of their stars on offense. So you're going to struggle. Um, and Highland's defense is just really good. So You know what else is struggling? Aaron Judge. Baseball ratings, if they have to make this into a story. But um, Okay. Um, what's the best thing you ate in the last week? Had a lot of good stuff. Probably DeFalco's, though. Ooh. Had a chicken parmesan sandwich from DeFalco's Ooh, and a caprese uh, salad. DeFalco's is good. Yes. DeFalco's Hot take. Really Hot take. DeFalco's is very good. Um, I think for me, it'd be that burrito from Macayo's. Pleasantly surprised by Macayo's, actually. Yeah. It was actually really good. So Yeah, it was just a place that could fit a large group of people. Yeah, so it was good. It was a good time. Um, cool. With that being said, uh, we're going to wrap things up here. Uh, thank you all of you for jumping in the comments, interacting. We love when we see 
Um, you know, obviously you guys in there, we appreciate all of you for listening. Um, make sure to give all of us a follow at Zach Havlar, at Union Rights, at AZHSFB, at Arizona Varsity. Also follow the rest of the Arizona Varsity team, Chili, Cody, Ralph, Gridiron, Richard, Jacob. Racing anyone? Brett, of course. Um, who else? I said Cody. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Used so. to be Andrew Morgan. Used to be Andrew Morgan. Um, yeah, cool. So uh, with that being said, thank you all again. Once, uh, Thank you all once again for listening. Um, and we will talk to you all next week. I have a, a memory before we go of Little Big League. Not Little Big League. I get them confused now. Rookie of the Year. Um, so in 2003, my dad bought a, uh, a minivan for our kids. Uh, obviously it was our family car for a long time and it had a DVD player in the back, a little screen, um, which at the time was amazing. You know, you didn't have DVD players and TVs in the car and we had like three DVDs in there that we would play over and over again. And one of them was rookie of the year. And we took a trip from Minnesota to Texas and we must've watched rookie of the year on DVD 15 times one long distance car trip. I could for years name every line from that movie because we watched it so much. Throw the heat. That's the best one. Thank you for that. Also, don't care about Aaron Judge. I'm snapping because you told the story. Throw the heat.